The Major Spoilers Podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. Alright, so I've been watching this uh, TV show okay. called Legend of the Seeker. Oh yeah, you know, I was going to ask you about that, because you've been posting that up on your Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um for the last couple of days, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch Legend of the Seeker on the Netflix. Hey, mm-hmm. you kids, this is a pretty good show, this Legend of the Seeker. Mm-hmm. What is it about? I see it on Universal HD all the time, and I and I flip through, and it looks like it's some Dungeons & Dragons thing. It's it's based on a series of books called The Sword of Truth by Terry Goodkind, I think. Is the oh, name yeah, he's the guy that did, uh, what did he do, Matthew? He did... Uh, Wizard for Who's School. That? Is that who it is? Mm-hmm. David Goodkind? Terry. Terry Goodkind. Um, But... So I started watching it, and it was pretty formulaic fantasy. You know, there's a young man with a destiny. He's a chosen one. He's got a magic sword, and there's a wizard kicking around with him. Right. Pretty straightforward stuff. Yes. Um, the the first part where it really deviates from standard fantasy is the confessors, which are this order of women who basically are, are supposed to uphold truth and justice and stuff. And mm-hmm. they do it by... Basically, when somebody steps out of line hard enough, they basically grab him by the neck and turn him into their love slave. All right. It's pretty intense. And, like, all the little ramifications of it, like, it's basically him, his wizard, and the confessor Uh walking, kicking around. And most of the good stories revolve around the confessor's power and, you know, whether she's going to turn somebody into a love zombie or not. Really? Halfway through the show. The series or just went Halfway through the series. Okay. Is this um, series one, season one? That this you're is watching? season one. Season two has been approved, but I, I, if it's, it might be in production, but I don't think it's come out yet. Okay. Um, a cabal of magic dominatrices. Dominatrixes? I'm, I'm liking what you're saying so far. With, with whose like magic power focus is essentially a dildo. <laughs> show up and and somebody had told me about this show they're like oh yeah yeah and then like halfway through this like weird group of like dominatrices with magic dildos show up and I was like okay well this is probably where the show goes downhill I mean right, this is like right. just some weird sexual thing that show is the the show where they show up is that turning point for the series it's the show where you're like oh holy crap this thing you know this is serious like it was actually good like magic it was dildos? one of, yes Basically, it's like rods. It's like oh, okay. And what they do is like they like touch it with them, and you feel in very intense pain. Okay, is what it is. But they're phallic, you know, and they're oh, dressed yeah. like dominatrixes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not strap-ons. They don't have them on. <laughs> right. This sounds an awful lot like. Uh, do you remember the Mortal Kombat that the television series? I never did watch that. <laughs> See if you can find that. It sounds vaguely. It sounds mm-hmm. vaguely much like that. Yeah. Uh, of course, Kombatty. Uh, Mortal Kombat ended with uh, what's, his, what's his name getting killed, and uh, the head guy taking over. So the season, the season one is, is worth a watch. Is it? I don't know. Is it of uh, oh of, of the Legend show, of the Seeker? Yeah, the definitely. And if you have Netflix, it's on there for free right now. And I don't think the the season one DVD is actually even out. Oh, really? It might be, but I, you might. This might be your first chance to like sit down and take in the whole series. And I'm liking it. I'm. Probably five episodes away from the final episode. Mm, okay. And so far, it's great. The chick that plays the confessor 
is my new super favorite thing in the universe, <laughs> I think. Turned you into a love zombie, huh? It, she did. She can What's con- the point of the show, though, besides love well, zombies and women with uh, magic the, dildos? The point of the show is there's this every... Every generation. Every generation. <laughs> I'm serious. It's so cliche. It is so cliche. Every generation, there's some great evil, whatever the evil is, right. is and a seeker is born, and the seeker's job <laughs> is to vanquish the evil and kind of return things to the way they should be, and then eventually the seeker dies, evil comes back, and another seeker is born. Every generation, a great Every... evil arises across there the land. There can be only one! Exactly, exactly. It is, and, and when I started watching it, I was like, oh, good God, are you serious? A prophecy, a baby taken away from his mother as every firstborn son is slaughtered. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, you know who did this first? The Bible. <laughs> this is how old this story is. Maybe but, the, well, apparently but, it takes place before the Bible, right? But the important thing is the character interactions. Basically, what The Legend of the Seeker is, is a show about a boy and a girl. How old is this boy? Uh, they're they're in their twenties. Okay, it's about a you know a young man and a young woman who can't have sex even though they want to. Why not? Because the confessor, like her power <clears throat> to turn people into love zombies, it's always on. Oh, and so... she has to control it. Ah, if she ever you know loses control of it while she's touching somebody, that person becomes a love zombie. Ah, so if they were say doing it and she climaxed, she would lose control of it. Then the seeker, who's you know the guy, would get turned into a love zombie and thus be a total crap as a seeker because he oh, would just you know okay. lose all, so, all his. So wealth. then, what happens from episode to episode? What are they seeking? They are basically running around the countryside, helping peasants and gathering a rebellion so that they can go fight the big oh, bad guy. Okay, all right. There's no like uh, dragons and there are all kinds. There are like and... big war, big big scary gargoyle monsters. Um, there's a sorceress who's kind of playing both sides. Um, you get to meet like other kind of people with weird titles, like the listener, which is funny because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, the con- seeker, the listener, the confessor, exactly, you know, stuff like that. The toll booth man, yeah, the uh... occupations, yes. And the listener is basically a guy who can read your mind. And, oh, okay. like, the thing is, like... The talker? They yeah, have one of those yet? They, yeah, they do. <laughs> and they, they always try to get away from him, but he always finds him. And <laughs> Sam Raimi's brother, yeah. who is always in, in every Sam, Sam Raimi right, production, right. is just in one episode, and he plays this guy who makes... Who's, like, a... Was like a cartographomancer or something like that. Like he's yeah, a magic map, map maker. A magic map maker. Yeah, so, okay. and, you know, that whole episode revolves around magic maps, and it's just, you know, it's, like, this cool little thing. I may uh, have to give the first episode a, a look-see. Mm-hmm. The first two episodes <coughs> are kind of exposition-heavy, but that's always how it goes. I don't know why I've turned it off, because I've seen it on, uh, like I said, Universal well, HD, and, and, I've, and you know I'll what? Like, watch a couple minutes I know, of it, maybe because I've got the two-year-old screaming, I want to watch Naughty! I know, I've seen it, I, I know, and I remember as I was watching this, I would catch glimpses, and I was like, I've actually seen this show before, and I turned it away because it looks like... Well, basically, it it's looks like low... Hercules and Xena. Yeah, yeah. Because it's say, yeah. it's the same people doing it. It's a yeah. little bit more higher budget, and they play it totally straight. It's not like tongue in cheek like Hercules and Xena was a lot of the time. Well, Hercules when it first started off was straight. yeah, it was straight up. But yeah. you know, so was Xena. Right. You may not have been alive back then. <sighs> <laughs> I was back in the eighties. I was yeah. No, this was not back in the eighties. <laughs> they came out in the nineties. No, no, no. Hercules and Xena came out on like. 
87, 88. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, well. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to IMDB that. All right. IMDB that shit. Cause I was pretty sure that they yeah. came out in the nineties. Uh, it was all part of this thing. Uh, when the, what network was it, Matthew, that had the action pack and it was a it was, series of movies. It was syndicated. Yeah. It was a series of syndicated movies and yeah. I'm almost certain it came out cause I remember watching it at my parents' house. Let's see. Hercules. The legendary journeys. If you want to get a meaningful, uh, result. Well, my spelling is not... Uh, yeah, your spelling is for crap. 19, well, no, it says 1995. Uh, 1995 to 1999. See? Loosely based on the tales of the classical Greek hero Heracles. I should have. I could have swore that that was before 1995. I was no, already... No, that came out while we were in college. Really? I was already in the United States. Pretty I could have sure. swore Action Pack was... When that debuted, and I could have swore that was before 1995, because one of the other movies in the action pack was... uh, Vanishing Sun. Vanishing Sun and um, Midnight Run. And my friend from high school was working on on that. Cool. (laughs) Boy, my mind goes... Anyway, yeah, Legend of the Seeker. Not... Totally, still totally cliche as far as, like, if you want brand new, totally novel fantasy concepts, not there. The setting is basically just there so you can watch an old man, a cool guy, and a sexy girl have adventures and interact together and have, you know, basically watching the character interaction between these three people. Bridget Regan. Yes. That is her. She was she was in an episode of Love Monkey as woman. What is Love Monkey? Oh, it was that show. You know the guy from Ed. He had a another show. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that. And I just know this because earlier today I I am debating her. Man, I should find her on Twitter. I would follow her on Twitter. I'm sure she's got a Twitter page. Just do Bridget Regan Twitter. Bum bum. You're listening to us. Help Rodrigo stalk. BMTCR. BMTCR. Can you remember that? DTMFA? BMTCR? BMTCR. But here's there's like five of them here. Oh, no. There's one... There's two of them that have good pictures. One, BMTCR... Has nothing. Has no picture. Yeah. Art Swimey... That's not. That's a different. Hey, did I talk about Bridget Regan before on the major spoiler site? Maybe when she was maybe up for a Wonder Woman role. Maybe let's look because if I did, there may be some pictures up there, Rodrigo. Ho ho. Well, I wouldn't go that far. (sighs) Bloodlust. All right. Man, we're almost 40 minutes into... Uh, yeah, you guys have been talking for like 10 minutes about this Super Dildo show, and I've been done. Well, we've got stuff for Saturday. Then. <laughs> Super Dildo! Super Dildo! Look, Super Dildo show was never made it to the United States. <laughs> All the world All right, is keep, waiting for you! I keep trying to find the DVDs, but Super Dildo show does not... Is all about regional coding, and you know you can't get it. <laughs> Super Dildo Show Action Team. You know what I missed last week? I want to change What's the that? topic off Legend of the Seeker for just a moment. Sure. You know what I missed last week? I missed the fact that Buckaroo Bonsai hit twenty-five years. 
Seriously? Yeah. Came well, that makes 19, you old. Came out, what, 1986 or something? Uh, that would have been 84. Uh, 84. Wait, no. Yeah, 84 80, would 84. be 25. No, no, no. 84, yep, 84. What? It came out seeing as Seeing as I'm 26, <laughs> and I was born in 83. It's, yeah, it's 2009. So 80, 80, 82, right? Okay. 84. Right. Exactly. What is it about Buckaroo Bonsai that's so great? We've just spent, you know, a couple of after-the-show discussions talking about why the black hole is so great. Because it is. Why is Buckaroo Bonsai so great? I'll tell you why it's great. John Lithgow. <laughs> John Warfin. Uh You know what makes Yancey Buckaroo... Butler. That's pretty good, too, Rawhide. No. Yancey Butler? Right, Rawhide? Yeah. No. Which part was Yancey Butler? Pretty sure it was Reno. Oh, Reno, that's right. Uh, I, I like the fact that there are just so many big-name stars today that we know. Of course, uh, Peter uh, Peter Weller uh, went on to play uh, RoboCop. That was his probably big role. Mm-hmm. John uh, Lithgow. Um, uh, what's his name? The uh, Fly. Yes, The Fly was in that as well. Uh, you had Penny Pretty. You had... Uh, uh, you had Christopher Lloyd. Not yeah. Yancey Butler. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. That's that's who was Rawhide. That's who we talked about. Uh, who else was in that movie that have that went on that are big names that people would recognize today? John John uh, uh, John the, uh, uh, the Don't Worry Be Happy guy. What? Bobby McFerrin? Bobby McFerrin was not in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he was he was one of the uh, black electroids, wasn't he? I I don't know. Ellen Barkin was in it, Jeff Goldblum, Christopher Lloyd, Lewis Smith, uh Robert Ito. When they're doing the badass power walk through the L.A. River at the end, isn't he, like, right there in the front? Uh, who played that guy? No, that's, like, Bobby Ro- Rosendahl, uh, Ro- no, Rosalind Cash played John M. Dahl. I don't think it was Bobby McFerrin. I know what, what I makes just... Buckaroo Banzai great is that freaking end song. And that walk that they do through the L.A. River Basin. And I the am ball- so stoked for Buckaroo Bansai versus the World Crime <laughs> Syndicate. Man, when is that coming so out hard. again? Coming soon. <laughs> that, I, you know, I love that movie so much. I remember my dad uh, would always, he worked up in Kansas City, would stop and pick up movies at the rental store because we didn't have one really nearby. And never bring them back. <laughs> he came one day home, and it was the summertime, and he said, here, check out this, uh, this Buckaroo Bansai thing. And I was like, what is this? And it's like, are you sure? Can I watch a movie? Because he was not really big on me sitting down and just watching movies in the middle of the summer, especially when there's work to be done. Yep. There's lawns needing to be mowed. There's cows that need to be milked. Horses need to be ridden. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and he's like, yeah, sure, just go ahead and check it out. And I remember sitting down and watching this and going, oh, my freaking God. This is the greatest adventure movie of all time. That Dot Savage movie that was on uh, Channel 5 a few weeks ago, that was good. But Buckaroo Banzai rocks my world. Nice. Because it's got everything. It's got space, Mm -hmm. you know, space aliens. It's got interdimensional travel. It's got science. It's got rock and roll. It's got a team of people. It's got fighting. It's got references to uh, War of the Worlds in it. It's got electroids of two different colors. (laughs) Red and black. That's right. And... You know, just throw them all together in a blender and see what the hell comes out. And you don't really know what's going on at times because this whole penny pretty thing 
with Buckaroo's previous wife, you're like, what's going on with that? You never learn about some of these things. You never learn why why there's a watermelon there. Mm-hmm. You never learn, you know, what I happens. know why there's a watermelon well, there. Well, actually, the reason why there's a watermelon is they were testing to see if they could drop watermelons into uh, starving countries without the watermelons breaking open, yet still making them easy to break open and eat after they'd been dropped. Mm-hmm. That's why there was a watermelon there. The whole bonsai complex is like awesome. You know, when Dr. Uh, Hikido uh, goes down into the air ducts and goes down into another part of the lab, it's cool. You had all these great characters like Rawhide and Perfect Tommy and Reno and uh, what did they call Jeff Goldblum? New Jersey or New Jersey? New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, you got all these characters called John. Yep. Yeah, that's just like, what is there not to love about that that's, that show? What about there's there not to love about that movie? Except the fact that there was no World Crime League follow-up. Yep. <laughs> well, and that's but half the, the that, fun. I mean, the thing that, it feels like an artifact of a huge ongoing world, a huge, right. you know, overarching mythology. And this is all this is all you know, and you kind of have to piece the rest of it together. The fact that there were the uh, Blue Blazer regulars, these people that yep. were like fans of Buckaroo Banzai who were like mercenaries at the same time. That, and that had... always that always really reminded me of the shadow. Yes. Like how the shadow essentially helps people and kind of basically tells them, and now you have to be my my little friend and when I come asking for help, you help me, okay? Yeah. And that's just like so so crazy cool. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's just like uh Buckaroo's running from the truck uh with electroids behind it and they're gonna they're gonna run him over. And all of a sudden this ladder drops down and he grabs it and he's riding up and he doesn't care just as long as he's not run over by the electroids. And all of a sudden this little kid is like, hey, this is Scooter Libby and, and uh, <laughs> don't worry, we got you, Buckaroo. This is VHS, so the yeah. audio quality wasn't, wasn't great. So it's, this is Scooter Libby and you're with the Blue Blazer regular number 33 and a half. Hang on, Buckaroo, we got you. Nice. And then they fly off to the, to the compound. The whole fact that Buckaroo is this, uh, you know, they've got groupies that hang out in front of the, a science compound. Yep. And you know the he is the, a scientist rock star, and they rock too. That in song, this is a nerdy I was. This is before CDs. This is before digital. I'd actually set a recorder, an audio cassette recorder, up to the speaker of the television and played that in credit, and would listen to that nonstop. Steven's first pirate dub. Yes, it was. What did you like about Buckaroo, Matthew, or do you not care for Buckaroo Bonsai? Oh, I'm a fan of Buckaroo Bonsai. I'm not like a Steven fan. Man, Pinky Carruthers, Miss Johnson, Billy Travers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How could you not love that stuff, John? <laughs> John Yaya. And your name? John Smallberry. Smallberries. <laughs> How can you not love Buckaroo Bonsai? <laughs> you, did, you did ask him a question, though, before that, right? I did. <laughs> I, I I like it simply because of uh, th- for some reason the concept of the main character who's a rock star and also a superhero and also a super scientist mm-hmm. just cracks me up and the the characterizations are so entertaining why do I have to do it because you're perfect yeah well you got me there. you know just the the whole just the whole setup of it it's like ready made for fan fiction yes it is and there's just, you know, tons of places where you can hook in and go, this is my favorite part. And then, eh, you know, hey, it's kind of like the Legion of Superheroes in that. Not like the X-Men because they suck. But <laughs> ah, that's it. I've had it. 
you know, there, there's all sorts of entertaining things. It's very much a product of its times. Now, granted, my introduction to the Buckaroo Banzai came from a couple of bo- comic books that I bought from uh, S&S Drug. Yes. Way it, back was it in the, the was day. Was it the movie adaptation ones? Yeah, One the comic two? book adaptations. I remember picking those up years later, too, and just going, oh, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, they're interesting, but there's there's something about the, the comic books that made them a little more awesome. In that they were written by Bill Mantlo, and Bill Mantlo had a tendency to just kind of stick stuff on there. Bill Mantlo managed yeah. to make ROM, which was a tie-in to a comic book or to a toy that lasted a year, right. made that comic book last for 10. But there's so many different things that you can hook into. I know uh, my friend uh, Bruce, yeah, also known as Otter Disaster, his wife loves... Lo- ha- <laughs> Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, yeah. And well, it was Bruce that, that triggered me to remind me that it was the 25th anniversary. Yep. They are huge, enormous, giant fans, almost nerdy fans, to the point where I go, really? Dude, you're getting a little nerdy here. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think you know. But I like the fact that it creates this enormous mythology and doesn't tell you about it mm-hmm. and allows you to, you know, kind of fill in the blanks. And I love the fact that the if you actually read the comics from Moonstone, yeah. the continuations of yeah, the story, the, the turn of the return of the screw, they, they don't tell you nothing either. Well, the uh, the interesting thing <laughs> is the return of the screw kind of retells the the movie again. Which doesn't make a lot of sense because it's like the same trappings where the girl is tied up and, and honey's being poured on her and ants and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the uh, the series that came after that featured like a story about Buckaroo when he was a kid and how he, you know, got some of his money and, and, and that kind of stuff, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it seems like that's such a perfect opportunity for people to latch onto this and really do some really kick-ass stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's some interesting trivia. D.W. Richter and writer Earl Mac Roche, Roush, they met at Dartmouth College. And Richter had read a review of a book that Mac Roush had written called Arkansas Adios and contacted him saying, hey, I'd like to adapt this into a film. And then they began corresponding and what turned into... Buckaroo Banzai. Hmm. And I did not know that. That's kind of interesting. Uh, you can read more about that up on wikipedia.org. A perfectly reputable place. <laughs> the film was given mixed reviews. Currently, it has a 71% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. David, That's still 71% fresh. Yes, it is. That's actually pretty good for a... A movie that's 25 years old. Well, and I wonder if it wasn't that it's been re-reviewed and people going, hey, you know, this was actually pretty good. Dave Kerr over at the Chicago Reader wrote, "Uh, Richter seems to have invented an elaborate mythology for his hero, but he never bothers to explain it. The film gives you the mildly annoying sensation of being left out of a not very good private joke. Which it kind of does. I mean, what's going on with, you know, what's going on with all of these people and how do they get their crazy Western names? Mm -hmm. You know, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. What's going on with this jet car? And I don't know if any of you guys did, but I kind of tried to, in my mind, lay out how the bonsai compound worked. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Where is the garage in relation to this? There's this whole sequence where uh, Dr. Um, uh, what is his name? Hikiro uh, and uh, Penny are trying to escape with the oscillation overthruster, and they're just going through door after door after door and sublevel and up and down until finally they get to, you know, one place. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how big <laughs> is this place? I don't know. Did you know Matthew? Yeah, that what? Uh, there was a scene. I know Matthew. Uh, that's good. Uh, there was a scene that was edited out. There was actually With at the very Jamie beginning. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that Jamie Lee Curtis was to play or yep. played Buckaroo Banzai's mom. mom. And I don't I remember if this has been put in in the um, in the re-release edition. The, I don't know if it's in Blu-ray or what it is. It's in the the DVD that I saw. Okay, I I think I've seen it too. I don't remember if I sat down and watched those. Where it's like those a newsreel. Well, it's it's actually showing. It tells what happened to Buckaroo's mother and father. Mm. Where in the opening credit roll, it talks about how they were both killed testing the oscillation overthruster, mm-hmm. and that plays a big part in the story and what drove Bonsai to become uh, what he became. And it was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis playing his mom, which I thought was pretty cool. Who played his dad? James Salito Salto. Mm. S A I. Did he play anything else? S A I T O. Saito. 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 Well, you might have remembered him from most recently as Dr. Frank Chin and Eli Stone. He's been Chew in the unit. Uh, He's in Heroes and Villains, Ghost of the Heartland. I think I love my wife. That funny, funny comedy (laughs) currently playing nonstop on Cinemax. Um, Let's see if there's anything else he's been on. uh, Rodrigo may recognize him from Law and Order Criminal Intent. Uh, doink as, doink as Mr. Miyazaki from an episode from 2004 yeah it seems likely uh, you remember the one where the guy was a killer <laughs> he was in the Thomas Crown Affair he was in Home Alone 3 he was in The Devil's Advocate Oh, he's been in all these awesome movies that I haven't seen he's been in Die Hard with a Vengeance he was in Star Trek Voyager in one episode everybody was in Star Trek Voyager but they all had spoons glued to their face so he was in Teenage Mutant oh he played Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <gasps> That's where I know him from. Orokosaki. Orokosaki. Yep. yep, so there you go. Very cool, very cool stuff. Wait, was he I got to go I got to scroll down more because now I'm thinking was he also in one of the greatest other movies of all time? Greatest other. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think so. I thought maybe he was also in um, Big Trouble in Little China as one of the uh, the Thunders. Why would he do that? Well, he just he looks like the the uh, the guy that inflates himself. The really himself. big buff guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bouncing boy. Yes, bouncing boy. Because you know X Men suck. Apparently, according <laughs> they, they to, do. according to Matthew, I'm just repeating hearsay. Uh, so, you know, 25 years of Buckaroo Banzai, it's still a film that up until about two years ago, I would dust off once a year and watch and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then my wife said, oh, God, again with the Buckaroo Banzai? You were like, woman, it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year, woman. It's September 3rd. It's my birthday. We're watching Buckaroo Banzai, Army of Darkness, and Big Trouble in Little China, damn it. <laughs> that's my, that's my trio of, of, uh. Of movies. <clears throat> the three movies that you want to watch on your birthday? Yes, it is. It's my... See, it's what my would my three movie. movies be on my birthday? 
<coughs> Rodrigo, what three movies would you watch on your birthday? Um, Just your little. These are my pleasures for myself. It's my birthday. I should do whatever probably, I want to do. I don't want to see you watching movies and pleasuring yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably, bargain. I'd probably go with Princess Mononoke, an American Werewolf in London, and then I'd probably like rotate one around. No, same movies. Every same year. movies every gotta year. Gotta be the same. You gotta pick three. All right. Oh, de- definitely. Um, Princess Mononoke, American Werewolf in London. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. See, you always say Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. The first one is the best. Okay, look. Excellent Adventure. Like, if you want, if you you watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, that's great. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Went to the theater to see that. Sure. It's it's like watching Samurai Jack or like watching anything else. Anything that has a beginning and an end and it makes sense and it's fun. Right, right. Bogus Journey is it's like trippy. watching an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It is, <laughs> it is like, it is absolutely one hundred percent absurd. Everything that happens, it's like there is an action and yeah. there is a reaction, right? But they don't make sense <laughs> yes. to each other. It's like I can tell that in order to defeat these evil robot versions of themselves, <laughs> like they could have just like made something that shorted them out, right? Yes. No, wrong. They had to bu- build good robot <laughs> versions of themselves. The good robot asses. God gave rock and roll to you. You killed us, you evil metal dickweed. <laughs> okay, Matthew, you threw it out. Now, what are your threes? Well, I'm going to have to go with uh, the Monkees movie, Head. Right. From 1968. Right. Probably The Black Hole. Yes. Because I, I, I've been missing that movie greatly, lady, and I can not find it. If anybody has a copy that you want to mail, you can send it to us, care of Stately Spoilers Manor. Yeah, just send it to that. Uh, to that. They'll find it. And probably Heavy Metal. I, Heavy I mean, metal those was are a probably really. I, that was my. That was the one that I was going to call out. Was that you wanted to see heavy metal? Well, I mean, it was a real transformative movie for me. You have a. It bl- was. It was a point in my life when I was looking for something that I could create a new personality from, and it had violence and boobies, and I thought that will work. Amazon.com, The Black Hole, nineteen seventy nine, starring Ernest Borgnine and Joseph Bottoms, nine ninety nine on DVD. Hook me up. Send All it right. to the house. All right. Uh, the other reason that. the other reason uh, that I like uh, Buckaroo Banzai is because D.W. Richter, also D.W. Richter, also the producer of. Wait a minute, also the writer of Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. another awesome movie which we should probably talk about. Which Again. theoretically may possibly have been based on the sequel to Buckaroo Banzai. We talked about that We did that talk already. about that already, yes. At some point, listeners, you're going to have to go back into the archives. I don't know. I think that must have been a bonus episode somewhere. I think it may um, not even be I in believe, the show notes. I believe it actually It started in one podcast and wasn't answered until the next oh, podcast. Because right. I referenced it briefly and then you actually looked it up yeah, and I had an had answer. Yes, I did. Let me look that up. Buckaroo Banzai. I'll so I believe the Buckaroo Banzai podcast is in the late 50s, early 60s. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think it's that. Let's see. Why are you M- singing oh, right. kisses, though? Here we go. MSP number that 65. That is actually a song by a band named Argent, and they play a kiss cover. 
in uh, Bill and Ted's Book of Journey. Is that what it is? MSP okay, number 65. Why are you singing it in the voice of Gizmo from the <laughs> Gremlins? <laughs> Gremlins is another great movie that I would probably watch on my birthday if not no. for... Gremlins 2. Gremlins so we're, 2 we're is also pretty good. reruns. Better movie. We're already into reruns of topics. Because See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is, you know, you can have a sequel that is, you know, superior to the We talked about Buckaroo Bonsai. And Doctor I like... Who's daughter and web comics. Yeah, I like... Uh, Excellent adventure, just fine. I love it. It's a great movie. But Boga's Journey, totally nuts. Dun, dun. In a great way. You know what's dun. another totally nuts movie? Freaked. Also starring yes. the guy. Also starring that Bill movie and Ted. Gave me nightmares. That also starring the same guys as Bill and Ted, but Keanu Reeves wanted to not be credited for it. <laughs> yeah. The point where they take Christy Swanson and uh, what's his face and and the brother Bill, from Blossom, and they like take them and and merge them together into one person. Oh, that's creepy. I have a thing about mutilation though that just freaks me right the hell out. Yep. So that movie just totally, totally tweaks my melon. You know what else is a, a it should not be a scary movie but terrifies me. Which one? Uh, nothing but trouble. That Dan Aykroyd movie. From like 1988, it's got like Chevy Chase and and Demi <laughs> Chevy Chase. But it's got a sequence at the beginning where uh, these travelers show up and end up, you know, trapped on this roller coaster and thrown out of the roller coaster into basically a chipper shredder, and then you see their stripped skeletons crash up against the wall into a pile. That oh, what was that one called again? Nothing but trouble, I believe. It's a John Candy film, primarily, is the way it was marketed. Wait, tell me the premise again. This isn't the junkyard one. What? This isn't the one where, where they go off course and they get lost and, and they end up in a junkyard, crazy town. I believe so, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, it did have Demi Moore in it, yeah. Demi Moore, and it's got, like, uh, I John that. Candy and Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase in it. It's yeah, from, like, Dan Aykroyd plays the judge or something, and... Chevy Chase is dating Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy's this movie. I think. Yeah, couple of Dan roles has now. like five roles. Yeah, and Chevy Chase and Demi Moore are married or in the process of being love or whatever. That doesn't make any sense. I know, especially in nineteen ninety one. Then again, she was in Master Ninja. So <laughs> Master Ninja theme song. All right, everybody, I think we probably ought to end it there. Thank you so much for listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, where we ramble about whatever. Apparently. Uh, head over to the MajorSpoilers.com website. A whole bunch of other good stuff. We'll see you next time when we talk about Zorro. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at MajorSpoilers.com. Visit MajorSpoilers at MajorSpoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. 
way to think about a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. If I'm stark raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009